listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am Samael. Welcome to episode 91, Save Yourselves from Hell. That's right, fiends, or uh, as they say in Event Horizon, uh, Liberate Tutte Me, something something, uh, Ex Inferis. Uh, pretty popular line, I think, from that film, and we're going to be discussing it as part of kind of an analysis today and um going to be kind of looking at you know like sci-fi horror a little bit more in comparison to that movie we've got color out of space coming out so we kind of thought it would be a, an interesting discussion to have and you've never seen the movie no so i thought it'd be perfect i've heard of it here and there so many people talk about it and i was like all right what's the big deal about this and i watched it and kind of understand now mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna dive into that way more later on in our main segment but first as always fiends we do have to give a shout out to our gracious host network sports radio detroit yes and you can find sports radio detroit on twitter instagram and facebook just look up srd sports radio detroit and you can also visit sportsradiodetroit.com buy some cool merch help support them and support us you know because we all do this week in and week out, especially the Sports Radio Detroit guys, especially us. And like, you know, just, just show some support, you guys. Come on. Yeah, no, everyone's super hard worker. There are so many awesome shows that are part of the network, too. So if you do head up the website, you can check them out as well. But uh, let's just dive right into it this week. Uh, honestly, a little bit of a slower news week. There were some other articles about shit, but nothing, uh, you know, crazy. But this first one, I think, is kind of exciting and at the same time i'm not sure how to feel about it yeah so they're uh they're making a sequel to don't breathe and apparently it's gonna follow the old man years later after the events at his house unfolded in the first one and his sins quote unquote catch up to him i don't know what that means mm-hmm. uh, i really don't know what the fuck that could mean honestly so spoiler alert i guess for the first movie jane levy's character does end up escaping and then I think we see her, uh, don't we see her at like a, an airport or something? Like she's, you know, like going away, basically, I think at the end. I haven't watched the movie in like two years. Yeah, it's been a while for me. But anyway, she survived. So I'm assuming, you know, maybe she's uh, notified like the police or something about this guy. So maybe, you know, that's kind of what's going on. But I am interested. I don't know if a sequel is necessary. I think the first movie is fine. And uh, importantly, Fede Alvarez is not coming back to direct it. Uh, it's going to be directed by Roto Sayaguez, uh, who is the co-writer of the first Don't Breathe and also Evil Dead. Ooh. So that's kind of cool. I don't know if he's really directed before, but, you know, could be good, could be bad. I'm waiting to see more of, like, who's in it and what the story is going to be. Yeah, I don't know how, how they're going to go with that story, so fuck it, we'll see. Yeah, no release date or anything yet, so... Let's move on. This one uh, is pretty cool announcement. It has been 
something that's been in the news before, but there was never like a firm date and it hasn't come out yet. But now we know that Robert Englund's uh, True Terror with Robert Englund is coming to Travel Channel in March. Yeah, so he's going to like narrate. He's like, I don't know whether it's fact or fiction because like it was like kind of ambiguous in it. They're like, oh, they're going to go through newspaper clippings and all this stuff. So I don't know if it's like a like a dramatization, like a more like they want like a creepy pasta, but they want them to seem real. So I have no idea what's going on with that. Yeah, I think it's those kind of like weird stories that they're going to cover that do actually pop up, you know, in real life from time to time that like unexplainable shit like i mean mothman was you know obviously like a real phenomenon that happened was actually featured like in newspapers and stuff like that people really thought they saw you know mothman so this is probably going to be stuff like that just more obscure i'm guessing you know small I town guess, shit. but they're probably gonna make it a lot more like dramatic and like oh this happened you know like yeah. that that haunted series on netflix or whatever oh yeah I also kind of like lore, uh, which is a good podcast, but there's like an Amazon prime series where they kind of did these like recreations of the stuff that he talked about. So I'm assuming this is going to be kind of similar to that. Um, except that Robert England is going to be like the host, which is cool. You know, he's not really doing a lot else these days, you know? So, uh, I'm excited to see it for him mainly, but I guess each episode is going to cover three, like, stories so kind of have an anthology format which is kind of interesting so why travel channel uh, i don't know i guess it's because they're going around the world to like look for i mean before they were like doing like scariest places on earth Mm -hmm. and they had that little short lady from uh behind the mask she was like the the librarian she's like oh yeah she's like eric cartman but the lady basically spot on <laughs> comparison yeah yeah i know what you mean i don't know I, I like these shows kind of especially if it's you know something that i've never heard before yeah, because yeah. i i do you know read occasionally about like lore and stuff like that and uh you know if it's if it's weird and interesting i'll check it out robert england's in it so it's going to be on the travel channel it's going to be uh, coming out march 18th at 10 p.m eastern time and i do just want to comment the original uh, title of the show is Shadows of History, which I kind of like better than True Terrors with Robert Englund. Yeah. Just my opinion. So we'll see what happens with that show, guys. The last article here is uh, about something that was also apparently announced uh, previously, but for some reason, I don't think I ever got wind of it. But now there's like an official release date. Yeah, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwine. It's a animated series going into like the roots of gizmo and his now dead owner yeah it's going to be set in 1920s shanghai and follow 10 year old sam wing who meets uh gizmo and then i don't know they go on wacky adventures and stuff uh it's probably going to be targeted for like i would say maybe like the late teens to like 20s audience just like like maybe you're a fan of you know the og movies but you're still kind of young enough to appreciate like the animation i don't know we'll we'll see exactly but uh this is gonna be like monsters and spirits from chinese folklore and just crazy shit like that uh i am kind of into it we'll see i don't know i'm not big on animated series besides like south park so yeah and you know the the movies never really went into any crazy supernatural territory either no 
So it was just like evil Mogwai. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they all kind of had their own personality and stuff, but it was like there weren't Mogwai doing fucking magic or something. No, no, know? no. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it plays out in the show. I'll check it out, but uh, it could just be a weird spinoff that didn't need to happen. Probably. Yeah. So uh, we've got a few trailers here, guys, and then we're going to dive into our main discussion. Uh, now, this is something that you actually need to catch up on still, but by the time you guys are listening to it, uh, it r- it'll probably already have dropped, and it's uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part 3. Yeah, I haven't seen the second season or the Christmas special. I basically left off at season one, because uh, I know if I watch season two, I'm going to be like, well, now I got to wait a whole year for the next season, just like I did with you yeah. and with fucking Stranger Things initially, and now Stranger Things came out and Sabrina's coming out. And I'm kind of too lazy to watch all of that. I get it. I mean, it's a commitment. You know, they're like 10 episode hour long shows. So, I mean, it's it's not something you can't do over like a few nights. But I mean, you know, life happens and shit. But uh, Sabrina is going to be uh, supposedly taking over as the queen of hell to go after her boyfriend. I'm not going to go into obviously like everything that happens. But I mean, I've kind of read some like spoilers and they've found out the devil's her dad yes. like her real dad something crazy i mean obviously it's super like you know not convoluted but uh d- just written that way you know like oh of course she is yeah but i don't know th- there's some pretty good drama i don't really care about any of the romances and stuff yeah no but uh i, I-, I like that they're keeping the tone you know creepy and dark so i mainly just want to watch it for that but that's coming out january 24th so again if you're listening to this on the weekend, probably already came out. You can go to Netflix and uh, check it out. Next one, also coming out on Netflix, February 7th. This one's more of like a psychological thriller, but it looks like there might be some... Aliens. Cool uh, stuff in it. It's called Horse Girl. Which, why, first of all? So, um, I guess it stars Allison Brie, and she plays this kind of like weird quiet like quirky girl who's uh who works at an arts and crafts store and she really likes her horse not like in a weird way yeah like oh yeah horse come here like (laughs) (laughs) like she's seen that picture you know on google doing research horse cocks (laughs) (laughs) no but uh yeah i guess she has a special relationship with her horse or something i don't know how that factors into any of the shit because the trailer really doesn't give anything away. It's just like she's having weird dreams. They're just like, oh, horse girl. Oh, yeah, by <laughs> the way, her grandma was schizo and uh, aliens. And also, she can see the future. And, like, and there's claw marks. Yeah, claw marks on brick walls, yes. Weird. For I, I was kind of thinking, like, maybe this is just a really trippy uh, way of showing her to be, like, a werewolf or something like that. Or like, some kind of monster. Because, I mean, come on, you know, falling asleep, waking up in a random place. Yeah, that's some werewolf <laughs> shit. You got abducted or some shit like that. So, what if she's like a werehorse? A werehorse. That horse girl. She just like nay, literally. <laughs> oh man, that that would be crazy. She though. just turns into a fucking stallion at the stroke <laughs> of midnight. Just starts like ripping people up and killing them and shit. Maybe so fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't think that that's what it's gonna be, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious. It looks it looks weird. It looks uh, kind of trippy. Like there might be. A crazy twist in it and uh all the actors in it are, are good so um yeah i'll check it out that's february 7th and the last trailer 
is actually the one I'm most excited about. So why don't you uh, tell us about this one, Sam? Oh, shit. May the devil take you, too. So after the events of the first Indonesian horror movie, where the demon Ayub, or whatever the fuck his name was, uh, so they survived it, and then now they're trying to conjure him back for whatever reason, right? Mm. And guess what happens? Bad things happen again, and there's there's blood, and there's demons screaming, and there's little girls screaming in their bed, and it seems like a little to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the first movie a lot, obviously. I think we both did. Yeah, yes, um, yes, yes. You know, it, it paid homage to the Evil Dead in a lot of ways, but still kind of had its own uniqueness to it, you know, uh, which I really appreciate. And there were some really creepy scenes in that movie, too, like with the mother, especially, and stuff. Yeah. Um, this one, I, there's potential, I think, but they're definitely going more into, like, the Evil Dead 2 route, where it's going to be more kind of, like, campy. And I can already see a lot of like Easter eggs, like with her hand and stuff like that, uh, being possessed or whatever. So um, I guess it's cool that they're trying to, you know, sort of be like a love letter to the Evil Dead franchise. But I hope this one isn't like too campy. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's going to be like a lot more intense. I just felt like they showed a lot in the trailer. Like there was too much stuff going on with no context, which is cool if you show stuff with no context, but like don't show like the whole movie broken into like 500 parts in the trailer because like it was like here's a scene ah another scene with a demon back to this scene in the bed ah demons ah why'd you do that ah more demons like it just showed the whole movie in no order like in the trailer no i agree completely and i think that's just a larger uh issue with just trailers in general these days i don't know who the fuck is approving all of these i think they're just trying to keep people's attention but they don't need to be that long and they don't need to show like every huge thing in the movie. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, let's just save some for us. Just be like four years ago or whatever the fuck. And then be like, and then I'm cool with it. No, I agree completely, but, uh, I'm still excited for it. I like the first movie, so we'll see what happens. And, uh, it's coming out February 27th, uh, in Indonesia. (laughs) So I'm hoping that we'll get a U.S. release like either in the summer or maybe, I don't know, fall of this year but uh tbd so that's all the news that we have guys uh before we dive into our main segment or rather blast off into space and talk about it we have a few words from some other srd shows so stick around hey what's up everybody this is jeremy bryant catch me e and brian on pearson's peace 8 to 9 a.m on sports radio detroit network crb on spotify itunes Anywhere else you can find podcasting. Because I feel like a salad tossing might feel good. What? (laughs) (laughs) Out of Bounds Detroit Podcast. Tuesday morning and Friday mornings here on SportsRadioDetroit.com. Welcome back, Gravers. So, as promised on uh, this week's main discussion, we are going to be uh, talking about and analyzing Event Horizon. So, this one uh, from 1997, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. 
fun fact known as uh, Paul Anderson, you know, in the credits, and how he's Paul W.S. Anderson. It's like, you know, Paul Anderson, cool guy, Paul W.S. Anderson. It's like that guy who's like, my dad's a lawyer. Yeah. He'll get you. <laughs> you know, or some shit like oh that. Oh my god, people with their fucking <laughs> initials. Yeah, but... The artist formerly known as Paul. Oh, man. But uh, he, he's done some okay stuff, but I would say this is probably his best uh, horror film for sure. And as I mentioned before, this was your first time watching it, so before we dive into the analysis what was your uh, first impression uh definitely not what i expected i thought there would be like more like crazy supernatural shit going on mm. uh i kind of expected everything that happened um i saw it coming uh but you know people in the 90s really wouldn't uh i thought the practical effect not the practical the fucking special effects were kind of uh they were okay uh when they were on the ship and whatnot, but, like, mm-hmm. some of the explosions and stuff were like, eh, yep, 90s. So, um, overall, it was a good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, I picked this one for this week because last week we talked about Underwater, mm-hmm. and I was like, hmm, what's the opposite of that? Oh, in space, and, you know, same thing, search and rescue team or whatever the fuck. They had their whole crew with the helmets on, and basically same thing, you know, same kind of premise, except, you know, in space, and then you know, with the hero being a hero, and at the end of the movie, I don't want to spoil anything, you know, well, the same kind of thing happened. Yeah, I with- think we can give spoilers for this one, just because we're going to be kind of, like, talking more about it. You yeah, know? Lawrence Fishburne basically sacrificed himself. Yeah. But he was the captain. That was kind of what was different from uh, Underwater. Yeah, exactly. He he had more of a commanding presence. I, f- I find that that was, like, kind of common with... um a lot of movies like in that era not so much ripley even though she was part one of the like you know commanding officers of the nostromo and stuff but um i mean it's lawrence fishburne so how can you not yeah i liked him you know and uh he went out valiantly i think but overall yeah re-watching this movie i uh, i definitely noticed more of like the special effects stuff that you mentioned and those those kind of hokier moments yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the late nineties and you know, this is actually the same director who had just done two years prior, uh, mortal Kombat. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Which, Hey, I like it. That's just a classic, but I don't care if the movie <laughs> sucks. It was, that was probably the first movie I ever watched. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, I love that movie, but it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, this is like the same director kind of went in like a completely different direction than just like straight up action with fucking ice ninjas and stuff like that, you know, but, uh, I think overall he did a good job. Uh, interestingly enough, there's apparently a 130 minute version of this movie, or that was what he originally wanted to do. And that got chopped up because it was originally given an NC 17 rating, which is pretty much like death. You're not going to even be able to show that. So he had to cut a lot of it out cut a lot of the violence out and like the gore and stuff like that to make like the current what hour and 40 minute version or something like that but uh yeah okay cool i mean i I thought you might like it but rewatching i was definitely like ah there's some shit in here that maybe you wouldn't really like you know i mean i didn't really have like too many like gripes with it besides like the the gravity driver, <laughs> like the stupid science, quote unquote science stuff. Yeah. 
that, that's one thing I kind of wanted to dive uh, a little bit more into. So I guess it's the perfect time. But just for some background in case, you know, people forgot what this movie is about or whatever. Um, this uh, team goes on basically a rescue mission after getting this signal from uh, a ship that uh, had been lost for like seven years. Uh, called the Event Horizon. It was like this research vessel, and they were doing some uh, shadier stuff with this like technology. And Sam Neill's character, Doctor Ware, is like the guy who basically built the ship and built like the gravity drive and stuff. And you know, it got lost trying to warp through space, and basically went into hell. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and uh, th- they don't really dive super deep into that whole aspect but it is like a big part of the film they're just like oh how do you get from point a to point b oh straight line nope you go straight there by folding space in half and then you get there mm-hmm. oh but where where did it where does it like go if, t- if you know matter and time folds in on itself i don't know i need more time <laughs> yeah it, it was very much like movie science like i don't know how much it was yeah. really uh legitimate you know however um i think the whole aspect of like blending science with like this this bigger supernatural thing like had the concept of hell is interesting because usually we either just get like one or the other you know we get like alien which is like a, a creature or we get like a possession thing and it's not too often that we get like supernatural demonic shit in space yeah so uh i I do think that that is a cool thing that hasn't really been explored too much in horror you know a lot of people say that this movie is like nonsensical i think part of it is that yeah you know it's like why the fuck would you stumble upon hell in space i mean i guess because like you know the whole hell being like below heaven uh, when really like if you look at it like religiously if you look through all like the text and stuff actually hell is seated above heaven so like mm. that's how it worked in like the the older the older religions and stuff but like i guess hell being a dimension and not up or down would make sense if they were to stumble upon it and it's exactly what they said they stumbled into another dimension accidentally mm. people started pulling their eyeballs out and eating each other's arms and which is what would be happening, I guess, you know, if they stumbled upon hell. But uh, I don't know, man. I felt like there wasn't enough, like, imagery of mm-hmm. hell. There was just, like, flashes. He's like, let me show you. And then there's people being, like, their faces tied up with barbed wire while they're laying down. And they're screaming. And it's about all hell is. Um, it's kind of more uh, dark and, like, Boskin or, like, mm-hmm. Hellraiser with the Cenobites and all that stuff. And, uh. A lot of other movies, hell seems a lot more fucked up. In this one, it just seemed like people being, like, tortured by each other, which is okay, I guess. But, like, I mean, you kind of would figure at the end that Sam Neill would be the one to fuck everything up Mm. and become the antagonist, and then Lawrence Fishburne would kind of have to save everyone. I mean, you see everything kind of coming. Like, you slowly see, like, when Sam Neill's character, Weir, he's like, he sees the pounding on the door and he's like, open the door. Mm-hmm. And he starts walking toward it and then like the lieutenant puts him in like a wrist lock and he's like, hey, you need to think before you act. Do-do-do. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I see him losing grips with reality and the ship is alive. Like, no, but whatever the ship brought back with it sure is. Like, 
Yeah. It was probably some sort of like demonic entity, I guess. Yeah, like a presence or whatever. Yeah, but they didn't specify like what. It was just like it was just like omnipresent throughout the ship, which was weird because mm-hmm. usually we don't see demons like that. Like we see them take like take shape and we we saw them take shape as like quote unquote hallucinations during you know their stay in the event horizon and uh you slowly see them like kind of losing their sanity and then what's her face kind of f- followed her like dead son mm-hmm. and like accidentally committed suicide or whatever and uh i don't know i i guess it was more of like a trickster demon it seemed yeah. like and it- then it like became super malevolent malevolent when it took over a dr weir at the end and made him go completely batshit but i think he was kind of batshit from the beginning because he wanted to be with his like wife who died or whatever so i don't know i don't think you can be completely stable if you're creating like black hole technology that like warps yeah. space and shit like that but uh I, I i did see sam neill's turn coming the first time i watched it even and uh because you know he was always like obsessed with the ship and he was very passionate about remaining on board so i think it got hold of him mainly like when he first stepped on the ship it, he was like the most obvious vessel for it, I guess. But I still thought it was kind of cool that they didn't have this like, you know, weird CGI demon show up or like even the whole like Satan thing. I'm glad that they didn't do that. Like it was yeah. a little bit more ambiguous, kind of meant to scare you a little bit more because it's not like you're not focused on one thing. It's like, this evil can grip you from anywhere and then suddenly you're trying to like shoot yourself out of an airlock and stuff like that which was a cool scene it was very uh suspenseful you know when justin was uh in the airlock and whatnot but yeah you know it's still kind of weird i I would almost rather it be just some super unexplained thing not just like oh it's hell yeah i'd almost rather just be some some out of nowhere like cosmic dimensions <laughs> basically hellraiser in space which i think was an actual film uh in the franchise but yeah something like that um and even if we saw more monsters or something like that because basically the whole thing in this movie was that it was playing on their regrets i think not yeah. even like their sins necessarily it was just like things Shit that they felt guilty about yeah that they were like really attached to in life that they they grieved over like we saw the captain's character was like oh i saw the fire engulfing one of my partners and then we had to i left him behind this and that and then i guess sam neil had some regret about his wife yeah and then like the other chick had regrets i guess about her son and other people i really don't remember like if they had any regrets uh i i think maybe but I, I, some of those like lesser people like justin i think were just meant to be taken just as pawns like to show off he was in idle hands wasn't he that he was guy? he was the, the first dude the young kid little baby bear or whatever they called him was he yeah he was he was the the douchebag with the pickup truck and he had the earrings he was the metalhead oh yeah he has completely different hair so i didn't even think about yeah, it yeah that's him is that the same guy that's him that's the first i noticed him the second i saw him i think their faces are yeah yeah pretty sure it's wow. him. He was the he was a dude with the curly like blonde hair or whatever, and he was like the metalhead. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? He had that big ass truck. Oh wow, uh, I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in this movie, yeah, um, he was. I think his screaming was was weird. Yeah, it is the same guy, but um, 
he was cool. I think the whole cast in this movie was awesome. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, like Sam Neill is a kind of a horror rock star, honestly. I was wrong, though, when I was talking to you uh, before the show. Uh, he was in uh, Daybreakers, which was like the last Daybreakers. Big horror thing he was in The Final Conflict. Yeah. And the great, great, great fucking genre film, Possession. Yeah, fantastic. And he was fucking awesome. Amazing. He's just a great actor in general. So um, I think he was one of the saving graces of this movie. Because, you know, the whole hell thing for a lot of people was too hokey, too nonsensical. I don't really think it was nonsensical, but I get where some people might be like, that's stupid. Yeah, it's like, okay, hell. <laughs> you know, but at least they were kind of ambiguous about the whole entity and all that stuff. I do want to see, like, the director's cut just because those scenes that you mentioned probably weren't, like, brutal enough or, like, disturbing enough. A lot of those scenes were drawn out more in the original like cut that paul ws anderson had in mind it's kind of what i'd want to see yeah me too like even though it would be long i still think uh if we really get that like brutality i think that would make a lot more sense so last week we dealt with cthulhu Mm -hmm. spoiler alert um and this week satan so (laughs) more or less we went from hp lovecraft to sheep herders (laughs) biblical sheep herders who wrote random shit that Mm. people with all their heart believed for thousands of years yeah so i was gonna say you know like it's weird that this movie was like in space and stuff but it dealt with this very like earthly thing so i do agree it made sense to kind of make it this other dimension but uh we could probably talk about a few other things again like i said the cast was fantastic i don't really have too many gripes with like the performances or anything in this movie i think they were all done well the characters themselves i mean i didn't care too much about them you know lawrence fishburne's character yeah because he's a he's got that star power so you kind of have to and he was just the normal like captain you know he was kind of a hard ass but you also kind of rooted for him because he was just trying to do his job and look out for his crew. But, I mean, there was no Ripley, you know? No, no, no. Sam Neill's character is the most memorable, and he's the fucking antagonist. Um, you kind of see it coming, though. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, everything kind of flows naturally, which is not, like, a bad thing. But I was like, oh, yeah, it would make sense for this to happen next. You know? So, in that way, it was kind of predictable. But, um... As, what do you think about the production design and stuff? Like, I think everything was fine. Uh, I like how they're like in 2015, like, <laughs> and then they're like, and now 2040. It's yeah. like, you know, what's funny. The date on there was a uh, January 23rd, uh, like 2020 or something like that, and we're like January like 22nd now. Yeah, very close. Who knows what could happen tomorrow? <laughs> Someone might find Satan on a ship. It's possible. No, yeah, I think the, I think the year that they were in was like 2047 or something like that. But yeah, I just saw January 23rd and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, very close indeed. I know, I, I think that part's kind of cool, the fact that it's not set like too far into the future, but they definitely got it wrong with 2015. It was like 2015, the first colonies are set up on the moon or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, damn, buddy, you were way off. <laughs> way off. Maybe in like another like dimension. <sighs> Yeah, where maybe. technology went more towards shit that mattered instead of like instagram <laughs> yeah but that's one of the cool things about sci-fi you know is that you can kind of take those liberties you know i can make a sci-fi movie now that's like oh well in 20 years you know maybe we'll have flying cars finally maybe uh i don't know whatever you know 
and combining that with horror i think is really effective in this movie i think it did a, a, a good enough job you know it, it had the the atmosphere down pretty well it had that grungy kind of aesthetic to it like the ship and everything and i actually liked the whole gravity drive like in that room the way that they set that up was phenomenal i think it looked super intimidating yeah um you know with the black hole and everything that was that was great it's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole set and uh it made for a really climactic like final scene too my favorite part was when uh Sam Neill's character was like super bald and he had all those like cuts on his face. Yeah. And somehow he has his eyes back. He's just like randomly naked. Yeah. It's like, dude, where the fuck are your clothes? Who knows where he went? That's, yeah, that's true. Cause they thought they killed him and then he just like showed up again all covered in cuts and symbols and shit. But it was, it was cool. I mean, you know, it was a little at that point in the movie, it got really kind of like Hollywoody. Oh, yeah. You know, because, like, the last half hour was just explosions and more weird shit showing up on screen, and then Sam Neill's eyeballs were out. But I think it was pretty much effective. The The first, like, two-thirds of the movie were the creepiest parts, though. I can definitely see why people, you know, see this as, like, a cult movie and they like it a lot. But, like, for me, it's, like, not, like, up there with, like, other cult movies like mm-hmm. Phantasm and... Return of the Living Dead, and, you know, like, those kind of movies, or even, like, I don't know, something like VHS, like, I mean, I get, I get the like this movie has, but I can also understand why, like, it kind of, like, didn't get, like, the, the recognition, Mm -hmm. not it deserved, but it didn't get recognition at the time, and now it's more of, like, a cult movie, but... Eh, I don't know. I was kind of like, I mean, it's okay. Like, that's kind of how I felt about it. It's good, but it's like, okay, good. You're like lukewarm about it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I've like, it's been almost a full 24 hours now since I've watched it, and it kind of didn't really like stick with me. There's movies I watch, and they stick with me, like Possession with Sam Neill. Yeah. Or like, you know, Midsummer and like Thirst. I gotcha. But, uh, yeah, this one just really didn't, uh, didn't really stick with me. Wasn't fucked up enough. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, if, if the director was able to put more of that stuff that he had to take out in, I think it would have, uh, been a lot better, honestly. You know, you still have to contend with all the hell shit and all the <laughs> kind of wonky special effects sometimes. Yeah. But at the very least, it, there would be a lot more disturbing imagery and, uh, and things like that. And maybe more like creepy dialogue and stuff. This this movie was just missing that kind of longevity of a lot of those scenes. You know, we got those like subliminal kind of flashes of just images that, you know, if you pause them at the right moment, it's pretty fucked up. But there wasn't like a lot of it. Too bad people couldn't do that at the movie theater, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Seriously. So, I don't know. So, for you, we'll we'll wrap up here. But, um, you know, for you, for a sci-fi horror movie... You know, what What do you want to see in a sci-fi horror movie to really, like, leave that lasting impression with you? Uh, in a sci-fi horror movie, we need claustrophobia. We need, like, a high sense of urgency. I don't want people just exploring shit and, like, oh, shit just happens. I need, like, yo, we got to do this and we got to get the fuck out or our, like, thing. So this had the high sense of urgency because they only had, like, 20 hours or whatever. Uh, if crazy shit's going to happen, I need it to be, like, super climactic. We need, like, blood. We need visuals. 
We need kind of trippiness since it's kind of literally out of our world. Uh, we need a, a good antagonist. We kind of had that, but we, I want more like either creatures and if it's going to be demonic, make it like extremely like, make it like a super visceral experience. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like, oh yeah, that was kind of creepy, you know, people being tortured. I want some, I just want something really intense, like something that makes me feel like, yo, if I was out in space or if I was somewhere and I was just like, you know, I'm in fucking space. I already feel vulnerable. I want mm -hmm. something like so, I want like a fucking, like a horrible threat, like the relic in space. Man. Uh, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, that's why Alien was so successful, mm -hmm. you know, because see the, the whole thing with, uh, with the whole hell concept is that it's something that we're already kind of familiar with. Exactly. I like that they did something a little bit unconventional with it, but it's still familiar to us. You know, it's been around since the advent of religion and all that shit, you know? And, uh, but like alien did was just introduce this completely unknown monster and mm -hmm. it's terrifying. And yeah, I think we need more stuff like that. I was thinking the whole time that you were, uh, explaining like the void, did it really well oh yeah hell yeah because even though like those monsters were kind of based off like humans it was like it was it was totally out of left field you know like in a good way trippy visceral high sense of urgency because mm -hmm. the whole hospital surrounded by a cult monsters were fucking terrifying and a fucking portal was being opened into another dimension there's an evil doctor slash geneticist whatever the fuck he was doing yeah which uh, you know i wouldn't say he was ultimately he was like the Sam Neill of that more movie. convincing than Sam Neill or anything, but he was fine. I mean, his like final form was pretty cool and stuff. You know, he was he was pretty memorable. Um, and Sam Neill was for the most part pretty memorable, but mainly just like the end. You know, so yeah, I agree completely. I mean, if if it's out in space, especially stuff that's kind of based on Earth is a bit more uh, like looser. I think you know we've seen stuff like the Endless. Mm -hmm which is kind of slower pace and has to deal with like time travel and stuff like that. Um, but I just think there's so much that can be done with sci-fi horror. I, I think if you're not doing something that's at least a little bit original with that genre, then you're just going to be compared to other movies that have done it. And you're just going to like fall off. I, you know agree. What I mean, so uh, I am excited for stuff like the color out of space just because it is different. It is based on like a Lovecraft thing, but it, it's not really something like the premise isn't something that has been explored in horror really. So I'm kind of psyched about that. And yeah, I just want to see more kind of like innovative and just like raw stuff. Like if it's not super visceral, then at least be like, like mentally fucky. Yeah. You know? exactly. I don't know how, I don't know how else to describe it, but you it know what trippy. I mean? Like, yeah, trippy as hell. almost like Mandy kind of Mandy wasn't or really Boskin. Boskin was fucking wild that was a great yeah. movie that's one of my like nine out of ten fucking supernatural slash demonic horror movies that. yeah but you know like mandy mandy wasn't really sci-fi but the, the like the trippiness the imagery that the feel of it was there for like a sci-fi movie i would say um so I, I i definitely want more stuff like that i think and monsters are just appreciated because they're one of the main things that can be really scary and horror oh, yeah. if you do it right and like science fiction just lets you kind of do whatever you want with it so um i'm looking forward to color of space did you want to say anything else about event horizon no i think we wrapped it up quite nicely
Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, definitely not as crazy as when I first watched it, I think. You know, now on a rewatch. But um, I think it still holds up for the most part. Some of the effects are a little dated. But I think the story overall is good. The way they built the set and everything was was incredible. You know, I still think they should be commended for that. And uh, I think it's rightly a, a cult movie now. Oh, yeah. You know? It's not as up there as something like Night of the Creeps or yeah. even like The Thing. Yeah, nothing I'm going to like write home about, but yeah, yeah, it's fun to check out every now and then. So, um, yeah, speaking of Color Out of Space, uh, we do think that that's going to be our next episode here. So uh, you should be on the lookout for uh, a review of that next weekend. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up here, Fiends. You can uh, talk to us about anything we discussed today. Uh, on our social media, Facebook and Instagram at Grave Discussions, or on Twitter at Grave Disc SRD. We also have a website, GraveDiscussions.net, where you can catch the latest episode and a lot more. So tune in next week as we watch another trippy Nicolas Cage movie on Grave Discussions. <laughs> This has been an SRD production.